but sin has much more to do with what man cannot do than what he does. You get it? Being sinners is not so much about what we do, but it's about what we can't do. We can't have perfection. We can't hit the mark. We need someone to hit the mark for us, and that person was Jesus Christ. We want to say happy Mother's Day to all of our beautiful beautiful mothers, and we hope you have a blessed day. And um, praying this rain doesn't rain out, whatever y'all are wanting to accomplish today. But here we find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 2, and on Sunday nights we've been doing base, and we've talked about salvation, and we've talked about eternal security, and we've talked about, um, what else did we talk about? Baptism. Absolutely. I wanted to say the Holy Spirit. But I, 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 I want us to understand this morning of just how special it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen, everybody? And what salvation is, and just to take all of that and to bring it into one place this morning. So I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And I want us to see in these verses that it, it talks about living death, but it also talks about living faith. Living death and living faith. Um, there's that show on television called Walking Dead. I, I like that show. I watch it. I watch. I've watched every season of it. And yeah, I've got some some of the kids up here, and and it's probably not the best thing in the world for me. So just forgive me. But um, but um, but it's a you know it's about these zombies, and they're 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 dead. They've they've died and they're walking around and and you know and the only way you can kill them is by stabbing them in the head so i know that sounds gruesome doesn't it why is my pastor watching this but anyways um but here in ephesians chapter 2 we we see here that there are people walking around this world today and they have been from the beginning of time who are living dead But then we also see the transition in Ephesians chapter 2 where it talks about there are people who are living by dying and they live, called living faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So the difference here is the resurrection. Verse 2, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. And then verse 4. So verses 1 through 3 talks about those that are, that are living dead. And then we see in verse 4 it says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kind, kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. 
Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, in that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained, that we should walk in them. Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for the word that we have. We thank you, Lord, this morning for salvation. We thank you mostly for that, for resurrection that separates the, the, those who, who walk in, in, um, in, 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 in their deadness, but, Lord, that when through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we can have life and that we die to ourselves and that we can have eternal salvation. Lord, we give you praise in all that you've done and all that you're going to do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, the issue of the resurrection here in this text is the very matter of whether or not you're among the living dead or the dying alive. Now, this is indeed the message of this wonderful passage here in Ephesians chapter 2. Now, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was designed by God, listen close, to move people from the living death to dying life. And we'll explain that here in this message this morning. But... We're going to look at this very carefully, but I want you just for a moment to look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. It says, even when we were dead, he made us alive. Isn't that great? Even when we were dead, he made us alive. Now, this is the meaning of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the crux of, of the Christian faith. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is, the, this is the distinction of Christianity, and this is the truth of God, that apart from God, listen, all men are dead. Apart from God, all men, all women, all children, everyone is dead. Not only was it true for the ones to whom he wrote, but you'll also notice at the end of, at the end of verse 3, that little phrase, even as the rest, and that throws in all of humanity. Now, chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse 18, that's what it says. It says, excluded from the life of God. That is, he is spiritually dead. His body lives, but the man is dead. He is destitute of life that recognizes God. Listen close. We're talking about all humanity that is born. We're talking about anybody that's never given themselves to Jesus Christ we're talking about even some here this morning that maybe has the, the name of Jesus in their head, but you don't have a true relationship with him. And we understand from this text this morning that, that if this is you, then what it's saying is, is that your life is destitute because it does not recognize God. It speaks of these people that cannot know God, he cannot understand God, and, his, and he is insensitive to God and he cannot comprehend God. He can't do God's will, he can't fulfill God's word, and so he can't enjoy God's blessing. That's what it means to be a person who is the living dead, that does not have the resurrection working on their behalf. Do we get it? That is, the unbelieving man is not merely sick, he's dead. Listen, for all of those without Jesus Christ, it's not that he's sick, it's not that he's just some sinner, it means that he is dead. He is dead. And what is death? It is the inability to respond to stimulus. He cannot respond to God. She cannot respond to God. And he or she cannot respond to divine reality. That is, is that that person is spiritually dead. Dead. 
Now, do we, do we understand that? You got people who are either living dead or they die to themselves and they live, thus having eternal life. You know, um, I do a lot of funerals, and I've gone to a lot of funerals. And uh, I've done funerals for infants. I've done them for two-year-olds. Gosh, you know, that just, that just hurts. And, um, you know, I've been called to, to homes. I've been called to homes to where someone's died. And in a lot of the cases, um, you know, I'll see moms or I'll see daughters or I'll see people that when there's someone that's, that's had just passed away or maybe even in the casket at the funeral home or at the church, they'll just kind of just take them and, 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 and they, you know, ultimately they're just wanting to, they're wanting to wake them up, right? They're, they're wanting for somehow for life to come back into that person. But no matter what they do, that corpse never comes back to life. You understand? So what this text is telling us here is that that there are people who are walking around who are so dead that they can't they can't give stimulus for God to hear them because they're that kind of dead. They're they're stillborn, if you will, to the things of God, to the blessings of God, to the mercy of God, to the grace of God. To the, to the blessings of God because they're, they're, they're spiritually dead. Yes, people are walking around, and yes, you can walk around, and you can, and you can work through this life, and, and you can do all of these things, but these first four verses are saying that, that you are dead. You may not be physically dead yet, but spiritually you are dead, and you cannot even get the attention of God. And the only thing that can separate someone from being that kind of dead, that spiritual deadness, that being stillborn into this world, is that you take part in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you have salvation. That's what it's talking about. Now, this morning, just real quick, I want us to learn some theology. And I want us to understand this part about, about death and about life and about dying to self. And I want us to look at just a few words that describes this. First of all, we want to use some words in this text to describe those who are walking around who are dead, who are dead, who are alive, but they're dead. And the first word that gives us the nature of this spiritual death, look at it with me real quick, is the word sin. In verse 1, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, anyone walking around that is spiritually dead, you are because of this word, sin. It causes you to be separated from God. Do we get it? Now, we don't become sinners because we sin. Can I have an amen? We don't become sinners because we sin. We don't become dead because we sin. We are sinners and we sin because we start with we're dead. You see, we're dead. We're born dead. We're still born spiritually. We are all born dead. 
we were sinners and we were stillborn. We were all born spiritually dead. It's nothing that you did personally. It's that when you were born, the scripture says that you were sinners. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, for the sin of Adam was imputed into us, and therefore you were stillborn and you were spiritually dead when you were born. Listen to me. Everyone who was born into this world and humanity is spiritually stillborn and they are dead and they cannot get the attention of God. They do not have salvation. None of those things exist. Why? Because of this word sin. And we're not sinners because we sinned. We're not spiritually dead because we've sinned. We're spiritually dead because you were all born spiritually dead. Does that make sense? We were all born spiritually dead. Jesus said, well, look at this first. Now, the very word sin means harmadia. And it literally means to shoot something and miss it. To fail to hit the target um, is really what it means. So what's the target? What's the target that we're supposed to hit? Well, the Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy, God says. Jesus said, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So God's standard is perfection, and nobody hits that. Amen? That's why Romans 3.23 again says, all have come short of the glory of God. We all fall short. Now, most people think that uh, of sinners uh, as robbers and murderers and child molesters and rapists and gangsters, but, but sin has much more to do with what man cannot do than what he does. You get it? Being sinners is not so much about what we do, but it, it's about what we can't do. We can't have perfection. We can't hit the mark. We need someone to hit the mark for us, and that person was Jesus Christ. We can all do great things. We can all do good things, but, but, as, but as human beings, we can never hit the mark of perfection. We can never do it. We are born spiritually dead. We cannot hit the mark. We need someone who can hit the mark, and that person is Jesus Christ. It's not Buddha. It's not Allah. It's Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only. There's another word that describes those that are walking around that are living but are dead, and that second word is trespasses, and I just want you to understand the meaning of this word. That word simply means to slip or fall or get off the path. It means to lose your way. It was used of somebody who strayed away from the road and got lost. Now, I could give you a lot of illustrations of that. One time, my wife, she went down to Florida, and she took the kids for a family vacation. She'll she'll kill me. She's in the nursery this morning. But but, um, she she, um, took the kids on vacation, and I had my vacation because I got to stay at home by myself with no kids. And I took the week off, and I just had a wonderful time. Don't tell your mom that, kids, okay? But, but they drove from Louisiana, and they drove down to Florida. And so she called me when they were getting ready to leave. And it's about a 13-hour drive and, uh, yeah, 12-hour drive or so like that. Well, um, um, so, you know, you got Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and then you got the little panhandle of Florida, and you go down and 
all down Interstate 10, and then you just take a right, and you go down to Florida. Sean knows. He lived down there. And so um, so Tommy called me about three or three or four hours after they left Disney World, and, uh, and I said, where are you at? And she says, I'm in Georgia. <laughs> and, and I said, what you doing in Georgia? And she says, well, I'm coming home. I said, honey, I think you... You got off the road. I think you've missed your, got off the path. I think, you've, I think you've missed it somewhere. You don't go to Georgia to come over to Louisiana. And sure enough, what she did was is she was, she was yelling at the kids and she missed her turn. And she kept going about, about an hour and a half, two hours. But, but that word trespass, that kind of gives you an idea. Listen, that kind of gives you an idea that those, you can be alive, but you can be spiritually dead and you can still live. And, and, and one person, one word to describe that is the word sinner, but it's also the word trespass because, because if, you don't, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're never going to be able to stay on the path with him. Amen? So trespasses. And then there's a third word I want us to see this morning that kind of describes this, and it's the word in verse 2 called worldliness. Worldliness. He says, look at verse 2, in which you all... Now, this means, of course, before your conversion, he's talking to them. So it's before your conversion. He said, formerly walked according to the course of this world. Now, what is worldliness? So we're describing the person who is, who is spiritually dead. They're living, but they're spiritually dead. And he uses this word, word worldliness. So what is the course of this world? What is worldliness? Well, he's really talking about the world system, konios, describing the walking dead, this sinner, this lost. He says that they're worldly. Now, it's the spirit of the age, and that's what he's talking about here in that word. That's what it is. It's this world system. Look, while man, while man is dead to God, listen close, he is alive to the world system. You see it? He may be dead to God, she may be dead to God, but that person is alive to this world system. He feels all the impulses, he is, but he is dead. He is dead in God's world, but he's alive in this world. What does it mean to go according to the course of the world? It means simply to conduct your life according to the spirit of this age. And you know what? A lot of people are doing just that. No conviction about godly things, no revering the very, very um, reverence uh, or authority of God. And now let me say, there are, there are people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They have never experienced the resurrection and to be raised with Christ. But there's also people who claim the name of Jesus but live just as worldly as the other people do with no conviction, with no love and no reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, when we claim the name of Jesus, there ought to be a reverence. There ought to be, there should be in our lives that we're not living and not, not just like those people who are living, but they're dead spiritually. We are a person who should be dying to ourselves and dying to this world, but alive in Jesus Christ and living for him. Everybody say amen. So that word worldliness simply means that they are, they are living in this world system. There's really no convictions. It's all about them. 
Men and women are engulfed in the thoughts and the words and deeds of the world system, and there's no escaping it because they're dead to any other environment. Now, the last word I want us to look at for this is the word Satan. So in describing this person who is living but dead, we see this word Satan. He calls it in verse 2, he says, the prince of the power of the air. Now, man being dead to God, follow very carefully, follow very carefully. Man being dead to God can only respond to his earthly environment because he's dead to God. So the only thing that he can respond to is this worldly system. And his, heaven, his earthly environment is a system of evil that dominates this age. And behind that system of evil is a supernatural power orchestrating all of it. And he's called here the prince of the power of the air. And it's talking about Satan. The air is the realm, the environment in which the, the death walker lives. It's the atmosphere of the death walkers, and he's the prince over it. And Satan is also called, of course, the god of this world. Now, people, listen, and all this is to say this, is, is people like to think that they're free. I can do whatever I want to do. That's not true. We've learned in our base that, that everyone belongs to one or two families. And I had several phone calls, and people were kind of offended by this, by, by the first workbook. And it said that you are either in the family of Satan or you're in the family of God. And that may offend you, but guess what? That's the truth. You're either, you're either, you're either alive and you're, you're either alive but you're dead spiritually or or you're alive spiritually and you're dying to yourself, that either makes you into the family of Satan or it makes you into the family of God. The person who is the person who is who is the walking dead, the person who is living in this world system, but not placing their life underneath Jesus Christ, you're living in a world system that is orchestrated by Satan and who is managed by these demons. Now listen, that's not saying that if you're not saved that you're the spawn of Satan. That's not what it's saying. We're not saying that there's a personal relationship between each person and Satan or each person and a demon. What we're saying is, is that this world system is orchestrated. It's bent. It's being orchestrated by Satan and his demons and has been doing that for over 7,000 years. And because of that, there is a world system. Everybody get that? And so you're either, you're, either, you're either underneath that one or you're underneath God's, and you shouldn't be living like both. Amen? But guess what? Something happened to set us free from all of that. Amen? Look at verse 4 with me this morning. And so that's this of, of, of walking around but being dead, dead to him. Now, It says, but God. Now, that should get us excited. But God. He wants to tell us something. He says, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive. Verse 6, and raised us up. That's exactly what we needed. He is th here is this great, wonderful truth, this great truth of the resurrection. And this is it, folks. Dead people can come to life. 
listen, this dead person, I come to life because I place my faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. And so all of us, what this text is saying is, is that we're all born in this world and we're still born. That means that we're spiritually dead. And yes, we're sinners, and yes, we're trespassers, and yes, we're in this world system that is orchestrated by Satan, the prince of this world. We understand that. But here's the truth, that Jesus Christ, hey, we sing about him. He's able, right, everybody? But he came from heaven. He came to earth. He lived a perfect life. He died for our sins. Our sins were hung on the cross with him. And so then when he went, then he, was, then he gave his life up. Then he was put in the tomb, and he raised three days later the resurrection. And it says that if we place our faith through that grace, we are raised with him, and that means that dead people can come alive. Guy, you're looking up here. I'm dead. I'm dead to, the, to my old life, but I'm alive now, new in Jesus Christ. That's what this text is talking about. You can't have it both ways, folks. You see it? So let's look at a couple of words that describes this new life, that new, this new life. Let's look, at, let's look at a couple of words. Number one, look at the word mercy. These key words define the life just as those key words define death. These key words define life in Jesus Christ. It says in verse 5 that he made us alive. We were resurrected with him in verse 1. But the key word, number one, is in mercy. It's called mercy, verse 4. But God being rich in mercy. Well, that means simply defined, mercy is not giving sinners what they deserve. Aren't you glad about that? Because we deserve death. But because God is merciful, we don't get what we deserve. Psalms 103, it says this. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, not rewarded us according to our iniquities. That's mercy. Mercy speaks of what God doesn't do to us, even though we deserve it. Now, we deserve to be punished. We deserve to be judged. We deserve to be condemned. We deserve to be sent to hell. But God, because he's rich in his what? His mercy holds back his judgment. You see, listen, mercy pities. Aren't you glad about that? So if you're here this morning, if you're saved, I want you to understand that God's mercies are new every day. Even when we mess up, even when someone messes up, messes up around us, please understand this, that God's mercy is new to us every day. You, you can't use up all the mercy there is. There's no such thing. Because of salvation, because we're raised with him, we have what? Mercy. Number two. The second word that describes this living faith, number two, is that we have his grace. It's not anymore, grace is not like mercy to where we, we don't get what we deserve, but grace is where God gives us what we, he gives us what we don't deserve. God's riches at Christ's expense. And then the third word we want to look at this morning, and of course there's mercy and there's grace, but look at this next word in verse 5. And that's Christ. How did he do it? Verse 5, he made us alive together with Christ. Verse 6, he raised us up with him. So this is the core. This is what the resurrection means. Jesus said this in John chapter 11, verse 25. He says, because I live, you shall also live. And whoever lives and believes in me, Jesus said, will never die. In Romans chapter 6, 
probably better than anywhere else. Verse 3 and 5, it says, We have been buried with him into death, and in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, even so we took walk in newness of life. Newness of life. So there's a difference between, between those that are dead, that are walking around, but those who are dying and are living in God, isn't there? Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 8. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And here it is, verse 10. We were spiritually born, we were, we were spiritually born dead. But because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can have life and we can have it eternal. Amen? Now, what did he save this to? Look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Because we're alive spiritually, something changes, folks. Something changes. We become the ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, 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 we live spiritually in him, but each day we have to die in this world system that we live. You know, you know we're still going to have the impulses. Uh, we're still going to be tempted. Um, but because we're in Christ and because we're spiritually alive and because we have eternal life, listen to me. We don't have to do the things that the world system tells us that we have to do. All the impulses that the world wants us to do. We don't look at it, it says in verse 10 that we are created in his what? We are created. We 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 are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Good works. Because why? Because we're now spiritually alive. Okay? You know, it, it's it's not just the staff and it's not just the pastor who is to go out and do good works. It says all of us that are born and spiritually are to go out and do good works. Amen. No more are we are we walk are we living and dead, but now we are dying and we are living for Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you this morning. Uh, we do thank you for our Savior Jesus Christ, and Lord, this morning that um, we can just come and to know and to understand that it's that it's. Um, because of the resurrection that we are raised um, with him to walk in newness of life, that we're created for good works, that we're created to respond to life in a different way than what we once did before. So Lord, I pray this morning, if there may be anyone here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior, yes, they're living, but they're dead spiritually. Lord, I pray this morning that, that you'll call and that you'll anoint, and that, Lord, that you will convict that they'll come this morning and to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That it's no more just about having a head knowledge. It's no more nominalism. It's, it's no more living life religiously, but that they're born again, and they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're living life as you intended them to, being spiritually alive, that they're created for to do good works for our Savior Jesus Christ.
We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will, stand with me this morning, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed. What words best describes your life? Now. What words best follows you around? Sinner? Trespass? Disobedience? Worldliness? Or is it mercy and grace in Christ? Heavenlies. Workmanship. I think any time that we pick up God's word, and there's such great value of, of theology such as this one, that we should take a time of inventory in our hearts and our lives and make sure that, that we're not walking this life, that we're not living this life dead, but instead that we're dying and we're living because we have eternal life in Jesus Christ. So what is it? Are you living but you're dead? Do those first five words best describe you? Or is it the latter? I hope it's the latter. But this morning, you just do business with Jesus Christ. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you do not know for sure that, that if this could be your last day here, that, if you'll, that you'll go to heaven and, and be with him for eternity, then this morning you need to do something about that. The Bible says that uh, his will is for all of us to come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's his perfect will for each and every single one of us. Uh, that perfect will is that we, that we repent and that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died for our sins and that he rose from the grave. And it's then, as it says in Ephesians, that we are raised with him and we have a newness of life. Whatever it is this morning, if it's for salvation, you come. If it's about anything else this morning, we invite you to come.